That's right. You thought we were done with Rosemary's Baby. And so did we. (laughs) (laughs) But we found a modern retelling of the story just dropped on Hulu. No one is talking about it, but we're going to talk about it today. But those who are talking about it are not talking about it well. Yeah, it's not getting great reviews, (laughs) and we understand why. Um, Spoiler alert! We agree! (laughs) (laughs) A big mouth reference. (laughs) But yeah, we're talking about the Hulu film produced by A24, False Positive. Yeah, again, just dropped on Hulu in June, late June. Is A24 Brad Pitt's production company or no? What is he? Oh, no, that's Plan B. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> Cut yeah, that book out. letters. I, I There's A24 and <laughs> Plan B. Plan B. Whoa. And we're speaking about pregnancy issues. Whoa. But he didn't produce it, so. Right. Moot point. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, continue. But yeah, no one is talking about this movie, and we are watching it, and we were loving it. And I was thinking, I'm like, wow, what is going on with people review? Is this just one of those instances where we disagree with yeah, the masses? Yeah, we're going to have a hot take. Yeah, like, hot take. Yeah. And then we realize, oh, the ending is a complete disaster. Yeah, it falls apart. Um, We totally understand why A24, an acclaimed production and distribution company, we completely understand why A24 dumped it uh, with almost zero advertising uh, because they're clearly ashamed of this movie. Uh, A24 has produced Midsummer, Hereditary, The Lighthouse, uh, Ex Machina, one of my favorite films of all time. Our favorite Our, films excuse of all time. me, but yeah, they they tried to push false positive under the rug, but little did they know there's a little, <laughs> little uh, podcast, little podcast called Film is Lit, and <laughs> I should introduce the podcast for people whose it's their first episode. Welcome to Film is Lit. This is a podcast where we take a piece of literature and compare and contrast it to its film or television adaptation. My name is Danny. I am the self-appointed film expert. And my name is Laura, and I'm the self-acclaimed literature expert. Self-acclaimed? Yeah, today I'm acclaimed. Hey, I I acclaim you. (laughs) Thank you. I I praise you. So the Danny acclaimed literature expert. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the pull quote at the bottom of the poster says, Danny approves. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Sorry. Second big mouth reference. obsessed with big mouth. Yeah, But yeah, so this is a sort of special episode because we are reviewing a movie that's an adaptation of Rosemary's Baby that does not claim to be based on the book, even though it is a literal modern retelling of the book. I don't think that there's a way you could argue this is not a retelling of Rosemary's Baby. It is. Right is so similar down to even some shots and dialogue. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to bury that because they're trying to get people not to compare the two since this is such a failed attempt. Right. In every (laughs) single review online, the critic will mention how similar this is to Rosemary's Baby. And it's like, hey, everyone, this is Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. It clearly you haven't seen that movie in a while because or read the book in a while because they're they're the same Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad thing Mm -mm. we were excited about this and as we mentioned in the intro we were loving this movie i mean i can speak for myself but 
It was really well made, super tense. It's shot by Powell Porgazelski, who he's a cinematographer behind Midsummer mm-hmm. and Hereditary. Amazing cinematographer. He should have been nominated for his work on Midsummer. I mean, if not, have won. He lost to Roger Deakins, uh, so <laughs> uh, I understand. But he wasn't even nominated, so it's not like he lost to him. He just wasn't included in that conversation. Even though anyone who watches Midsummer. I mean, the visuals in that alone are just incredible. And the visuals in False Positive are great, too. They're really, really, really compelling. The way that they, the way that he played with negative space and lighting and composition really compelled the story until the end where it fell apart. (laughs) Yeah, which, again, none of it is his fault. (laughs) Well, and as Danny, so I just wanted to say something, too, about the Rosemary's Baby connection. Number one, I feel like by not framing this as a Rosemary's Baby continuation or reimagining, they're losing a lot of fan base. Yeah, for sure. Because, but, and I'm not sure if that was on purpose. They were like, oh shit, like this movie really didn't work. Let's just try to not focus on that so that we don't attract fans who really like Rosemary's Baby and then are let down by what it ultimately turns out to be. But number two, I also feel like it almost, if it's not intentional that they're burying this connection, it almost comes off as a little ignorant. Like, do you not, Yeah. you're not familiar enough with Rosemary's Baby to understand the beats of that film and and how it, you can almost overlay these movies and and see how you can overlay these movies and almost beat for beat compare them i it almost speaks to again kind of like a weird ignorance like either it's an intentional thing or it wasn't but either way it just doesn't it's disappointing yeah (laughs) because we were excited for it and for those of you who are listening who don't believe us um watch rosemary's baby (laughs) or read it and or read it because the book and the movie are exactly the same like beat for beat and then watch false positive Uh, they're the same this is a false positive is a modern retelling uh, but with some few tweaks. And the tweaks in question are what we were loving up yeah. to the point. Because we'll get into the plot in a minute. But with one line of dialogue, the movie False Positive cues up two incredible twists. Yeah. Two great diversions from Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, something that could have taken it down a sci-fi lane, yes. which would have been really cool. And Danny and I looked at each other. We were watching this the other night, and that line was delivered by Pierce Brosnan. And we look at each other, and we actually had two very cool ideas, but different ideas of what that line teed up. Right. And we were like, oh, shit, that is, <laughs> that's going to be so cool. And we literally paused the movie because... We it was one of those things where we said it at the same time. Yeah. It was like, this is what's gonna happen. No, this is gonna happen. And then we paused the movie and we were like, wait, that's such a good idea. Yeah. And then we were like, what if both things happen? And we were just like, oh, we were waiting. It, it well, the movie took us down. Yeah, this yeah. Great. Let's discuss that because listeners might be listening to this conversation <laughs> and thinking, oh, it's not the movie's fault that you thought it was gonna go somewhere and then it sure. didn't. The line in question is so. In this modern retelling of Rosemary's Baby, 
the it, the main star is Alana Glazer, the normally a comedic actress from Broad City. Super funny. In fact, Huge fan of hers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love lo- love Alana Glazer in this household. Uh, the director of a lot of Broad City episodes, John Lee, uh, directed this movie. So nice. that that's the connection yeah. there. And this is, I think, Alana Glazer's first serious role. But yeah, so it, uh, it's about a couple, Alana Glazer, who's, who is Lucy, and then Justin Theroux, our boy Justin Theroux, who's boy. great. We love him in everything he's been in, uh, maybe except for Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's not a great movie, but it's that's kind a of a deep pull, though. Like, when did that come out in like 2004? I think that's exactly when it came out. <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. But anyways, it's about this couple, they're trying to get pregnant. They're having some difficulties, so they go to Justin Thoreau, whose name is Adrian, uh, who is... Right. Adrian was the name of the baby in Rosemary's Baby. Right. Uh, so they go... It can't be a coincidence. Right. They like, go, just can't. I, I know, right? So they <laughs> go to Adrian's uh, mentor's fertility clinic, and and Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Hindle, the head of this clinic. Mm-hmm. He works with them to artificially inseminate Lucy. So Adrian and Dr. Hindle are friends, obviously. Lifelong friends and mentor-mentee relationship. And the line that we're going to discuss is that as Dr. Hindle is going through with the uh, insemination process, he's talking about his love for Adrian uh, Mm -hmm. as a student and as a friend. And he says, I wish I could have cloned him right then and there. Yeah. And then you see the scene that line makes you pull back and look at the entire room and who's in it. And you notice the incredible physical similarities similarities between Pierce Brosnan and Justin Thoreau down to the cut of their facial hair and their physique. It's exactly the same. And then you start realizing like, oh shit, Pierce Brosnan is about the age where he could have been Justin Thoreau's father. And like maybe Justin Thoreau was a prototype and he, you know, you start doing this mental math in your head and you're like, oh my God, yeah, this is incredible. And this is something Danny mentioned when we were talking about the movie after we finished that what's compelling and terrifying about Rosemary's Baby is not that you don't know the twist. It's not that you don't know what's going on because you do. It The, yeah. the twist is laid out very early. Her husband sells her body to be the mother of Satan's, the the Antichrist, Antichrist, right, to bring the Antichrist into the world. So you know that. And so all of the misdirection that he feeds to Rosemary is so clearly misdirection that and every time she takes a step toward his plan, you're like, no, yeah, right? Yeah, the horror of Rosemary's Baby is not figuring out what's going on. It's knowing what's going on and then just watching Rosemary have fail. to figure it out yeah and, and, and yeah fail and f- we'll figure it out at every step of the way knowing that you as a viewer cannot help exactly so so yeah. like so having this scene be in the first like 15 minutes or so of the yeah. movie you're like that is smart because now you know that pierce brosnan is in that cult leader position where he's already pitched this idea to Lucy's husband and he's already said yes. Right. And you're like, okay, like 
Rosemary's Baby, we're on track. This is a modern retelling, but it's about cloning and it's about this doctor having a God complex rather than a Satanist complex. Right. Like, you're like, okay, like this is lining up. And then nothing like that happens. Nothing really, yeah. <laughs> the twist is much simpler than that. So yeah. when that line is given weight, so Pierce yeah. Brosnan says, I wish I could have cloned myself back then. And then there's a beat and you're just sitting there. So they put so much emphasis on that, that you're like, it's gotta be clones. And right. so we, we paused the movie at that line and then we turned to each other and we both had different interpretations of that line. And we thought we had inadvertently spoiled the movie for ourselves when we discussed it. So when Pierce Brosnan says that line, I turn to Laura and be like, oh shit, he's inseminating Lucy with cloned sperm. So right. not just his sperm, like a, a cloned version of his sperm to get the exact baby. Right. Well, not the exact baby, it's a, a different egg, but you know, as close to a clone as you can get. Right. And then you turned to me and was just like, holy shit, Adrian is Dr. Hindle's clone. Right. And I didn't think of that and you didn't think of my thing. And so that's... We both, after that one line, we were like, oh, crap. I, it, yeah. It's probably both. Right. It's Justin Theroux is probably his clone and the baby um, or the, the semen inside of Lucy is probably cloned semen. Right. Another, And he has a fertility clinic like this, so he can just continuously do this to women. Right. So to jump to the end... Basically, that is true. He is doing this to women. That's the whole point of his clinic. But he's just inseminating them with his sperm. So it's right. it's, it's not clones. It's just it's and, just kids. And as we finished the movie, went to bed, and then discussed it <laughs> while we were having breakfast the next day, and we sort of after letting this sink in, we figured out that that doesn't work on multiple levels. It's just not as compelling, and it's not as scary. Right. If Pierce Brosnan is just, you know masturbating in these test tubes right. and then it is a violation of doctor yeah. code obviously that is super scary and it's, it's, and it's a form of rape. a form of rape yeah. right and then those are interesting questions and i think something i forgot to say at the top of the episode was that i think it's important to rediscuss these issues around females bodies and autonomy yeah. and rape and especially in the context of pregnancy, because as we talked about in Rosemary's Baby, like, you know, we actually covered marital rape, which is kind of folded into or baked into this movie a little bit as well about like Dr. Hindle doesn't rape Lucy, but she's sold. Basically, her body is yeah. sold through her husband. And so like those things are really interesting to discuss. And they're also really interesting to discuss with the like heaps and heaps of new science that we have as women and as people who can get pregnant with all of the science that we have now that was not available during the time Rosemary's Baby came out, which yeah. was what, 1967? Nine. 1969? Yeah. So... Oh, wait. No, you're right. The book was 67. The movie was 68. Okay. Right. So it's really interesting to go back and reassess women's rights through yeah. this lens now with all of the extra science that we have. I think that's an important thing to discuss. However, the way that 
it ends up being just this one guy inseminating women with his own sperm. It's just, it's like, okay, but like, how is he going to control the way that that person is going to grow into being his like super baby? Yeah. Like, Like, (laughs) sure, he's... You know, the baby, his spawn is his genes, but right. he doesn't really have any control beyond yeah. that. Okay, and the other thing that we thought was going to happen was that he has these creepy nurse women working for his clinic. Yeah. And very early into her pregnancy, what happens is that they figure out that Lucy is actually pregnant with three babies. And two of them are in the same sack and they're twin boys. And the other baby is a girl and she's in her own amniotic sac. So what we thought was going on, especially because they also use a lot of language like this is our family, like at the clinic, like you're part of our family, you know. Very cultish. Very, very cultish. And I think Dr. Hindle even refers to Adrian as like feeling like a son and stuff like that. So what we thought was going to happen was that Dr. Hindle gives Lucy this choice and says, like, hey, you know, um, you might not be able to have all three of these children, so we're going to give you this choice, what's called selective reduction, and we're going to give you the choice of either saving, of either bringing your twin boys to full term or bringing your girl to full term, but it might be risky for you to have all three. And what we thought was going to happen, because Lucy clearly wanted to keep the girl, was that that was going to be okay, but the girl was going to grow into being one of these nurse clones. Yeah, because all the nurses look similar, too. They're aggressively similar. They're they're tall, similar to Justin Theroux. Yeah. They're they're tall. Slim, blonde. Slim, blonde, yeah. Right. So we're we're like, okay, another twist. Like, they clearly wanted boys, uh, Adrian and Dr. Hindle wanted boys. Yeah, and that's what's compelling about... The conversations in the beginning because Dr. Hindle and Adrian are clearly pushing for the boys. Right. And we're thinking, oh, they clearly want another clone of themselves. Right. And you think, the whole time you think Justin Thoreau knows that he's a clone. Right. But no, that's really nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, again, they teased this idea of, okay, now we have more science. Now we understand that this is an option that women can be given. It's like, you might not be able to have three healthy children, or you could have complications yourself and possibly die in childbirth. So we're going to give you the option that we can go in and abort one of the two sacs, amniotic sacs, Right, you can take yeah. that chance, or you could try to go for all three, and that's a compelling choice. That's like a Sophie's right. choice. It's really difficult. And he even uses the word like sacrifice, and yeah. it's similar to the original's Rosemary's Baby, how you're like sacrificing your body for the devil. Right. And in this modern retelling, you're sacrificing, you know, a potential life mm-hmm. that's inside you for, you know, the, the health of the health of the, the mother. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, but. The problem is that then after presenting her with this choice, they actually go ahead and abort the girl without telling her. So what frustrated me about that situation is like, I understand the illusion of choice was interesting. Yeah. However, if they were going to abort the girl no matter what, 
what's the motivation behind giving her that choice? Right. Like, yeah. they were going to do it anyway. Like, why even pretend? And, like, it almost would have made more sense to not have twins. Because, like, what, she's never going to go in for another ultrasound? And she's never she's not going to figure out she has two babies inside her until she's giving birth? Like, well, yeah, I mean, right. I, I think the reason they did that was, like, you have a choice to make. So before the pregnancy, she clearly wants a girl. But right. now she's presented with two boys or one girl. So one life or two. And I think they push themselves into a corner by saying like, oh, you have a choice, thinking that clearly she's going to pick the boys because it's, you know, two as opposed to one. But she chooses the girl, which is unexpected. So in order to not put themselves in that corner, Dr. Hindle should have been like, Listen, the the girl is isn't strong enough to make it through. Right. So if you want the boys to survive, then unfortunately right. you have to make this, you know, a very tough uh, choice. Well, and I think too, like the thing that threw me off was that they didn't put up a fight when she said, "I want the girl." So I was like, okay, so then there's an option that still works out for them, which means that the girl is still a clone, but it's a female clone, and she'll just become a nurse. Like right. that that actually does kind of make a little bit more sense. But then what happens is like they abort the girl, they don't tell Lucy, and then she only finds out that she is pregnant with the twins when she's giving birth. Right, and she's mad and it's like, of course she's mad. You, right. you, you know, she thinks you made a mistake and aborted the wrong child, but whether it was a mistake or intentional, it's still bad either way, so just, if you have these ulterior motives, lie to her at the right. beginning. Yeah. These are the type of things that screenwriters figure out as they're writing mm. a script. This is like first draft problems, mm. you know? Yeah. We just talked about it right now, and we, we realized that it makes Dr. Hindle look stupid. Yeah. So this whole conflict could have been changed if this was just you know, an, another draft was made to the... Right, and we were also thinking like, with the clone idea, because it, it came to both of us at the same time and in two very interesting ways. Yes. So I, what we discussed was, like, maybe they ran out of money. Oh, like, yeah. That, that's they, another thing. So the production right? values of this film are high. I yeah. mean, they got an A-star cinematographer the, yeah. for this film. And the great actors... Um, I actually think Alana Glazer is all right, um, but Pierce Brosnan is like, I, I, we were discussing this. I'm like, he is like best supporting actor level good. He's really great, yeah. Until the ending. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the final 15 minutes, I think you're exactly right. I think they literally ran out of money. Well, and it's weird because this movie is short. Yeah. It's like 80, 90, 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, I just feel like the combination between what happens with the rushed ending, the poor writing, and what it could have been to somewhat just two fucks sitting on a sofa who like figured out a cool ending for this. Like it kind of reeks of a possible budgeting problem. Right, which is such a shame because we are really criticizing this movie, but only because of the ending. Yeah, yeah. And 
it's just so disappointing. This is the worst type of bad movie because yeah. there are bad movies that are just bad from start to finish and they just put you in a, in, you know, a really crummy mood, but this is something that tees up yeah. an amazing plot, an amazing reveal, and the production values are so high only for literally everything to be thrown yeah. in the trash. At yeah the end there's so much stuff that just left yeah. it's like this also teed itself up to be kind of a horror movie like there were some jump scares there were some really dark stuff like they leave lucy in a room by herself to think about whether she wants to keep the boys or the girl and the ultrasounds that are up on the computer screens one of them fucking turns its head toward her yeah. oh my god i'm like getting chills thinking about it and it's like then you start thinking about like, oh, like is this like a devil child? Like there's yeah. a lot of demonistic Or like are the clones evil? Right. Like yeah. there's a lot of demonic symbolism. Like and there's a lot of like very similar to Rosemary, there's a lot of blood imagery and she has dreams where she's drowning in blood. Like when Rosemary yeah. has that sort of vision of her um doesn't she have a vision? Yeah. Like she has that dream Being and smothered of, by the devil. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's so similar, but but the end is just there's nothing supernatural. There's nothing demonic. There's nothing that comes out of that imagery. So you're like, it was so stylized. But then why? Yeah, it's all surface. And the thing about Rosemary's Baby is that it is both about gaslighting and a female's autonomy. But it also is about a demonic cult. Right. Whereas False Positive is just about a doctor and his clinic who are inseminating women with his semen. And it's, you know, there's nothing else beyond that. Right. There's the surface level commentary on, on that, on, you know, women's autonomy and gaslighting. But then there's nothing deeper. It's just exactly that. Yeah. And the other thing, this might just be coming from my own bias because I work in STEM, but I, I don't love movies that demonize scientists. And also, like, during the pandemic era, I think it's just a little bit irresponsible to make a scientist just blatantly evil and like uh-huh. <laughs> i i understand what they're trying to do but the way that he explains his motives at the very end it's just like no that's not even like a scientific method like this guy is just there are no controls <laughs> to his science right. and like we don't know the beginning and end of this experiment we don't understand why he thinks that just inseminating women with his own sperm with like no clonality controls how he thinks that they're going to become these like super scientists and like or super doctors and like i, I don't understand how he expects his children to become he he explains that he wants them to be like the rational generation of like Mm -hmm. scientists and doctors who are propelling the world into this new scientific era but like how are you controlling that right if they're not clones and you're evil like yeah i actually didn't think about how this movie kind of puts science in a bad light until you just explained it right now. But let's go into, let's compare the ending of Rosemary's Baby and A False Positive and to see and explain why, in our opinion, uh, Rosemary's Baby works where False Positive doesn't. So, okay. In Rosemary's Baby, 
Rosemary is smart and we like her as a character and she catches the cult red-handed. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the cult members are forced to explain what's going on because Rosemary knows at that right. point. So they're kind of explaining it for the audience, but we're coming to the realization with Rosemary because, again, she catches right. them red-handed. She walks into a room. They yeah. have the baby in a bassinet with an upside-down cross, and they're chanting. Yeah. and Right. right. <laughs> Whereas False Positive has a similar scene where our main heroine walks into a room and instead of a child, the Antichrist, it's the fetus and placenta of her um, daughter who was terminated instead of the boys. But she already knows that that baby's been terminated. So we're not really learning anything. Yeah, we're not learning anything. And then... Like a Bond villain. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, funny because Pierce Brosnan was Bond. James Bond. Uh, Pierce Brosnan pops out and explains everything to her. But the thing is, yeah. she didn't know any of that until he explained it. Right. So compare that directly to Rosemary's Baby where she does the detective work and yeah. figures out what's going on. Lucy doesn't... She suspects something is going on and she's right in that regard. But she doesn't uncover... Shit. <laughs> yeah, anything. And Dr. Hindle explains it all to her when he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Like, what is going to happen? Is he going to kill her? Right. Or if if Dr. Hindle doesn't kill her, which I don't think he'd do because right. I mean, he's a mad scientist, but he's not a, he's a murderer. He's not a murderer, yeah. Or, like, he'll abort a baby without telling her. Right. But he's not going to, like, outright kill her. Like, he doesn't He doesn't walk in with a gun and say, like, you know too much. Because she doesn't know anything. Right. <laughs> like, she, she what is his any, motive? She literally learns everything as he's explaining it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, then she's just going to go to the police. Right. Or do exactly what she does do when he points out the fucking refrigerator with all of his semen samples. And she fucking tips it over. And, like, right. it's like... Yeah, you told her that's what it was. Yeah, just don't tell don't her Don't tell her. Like, like she doesn't know. She's not a fucking nurse or doctor. Like, she yeah. doesn't know what those samples are. Like, Yeah, so, okay. So that, that's the first thing. Now let's continue to yeah. compare. So the whole time in Rosemary's Baby, Guy, which is her husband, Guy is being secretive because he makes a deal with the cult. He sells Rosemary's body in order for the cult to progress his acting career with their whole dark magic, um, Satanist magic. Right. The deal that Adrian makes with Dr. Hindle is that Dr. Hindle wants him to join his practice. So in exchange for joining his practice, Adrian goes along with the plan to secretly abort the girl, Wendy, and to have the boys. But it's like, okay, that's not really that compelling and what's going to happen when she has the boys Mm -hmm. and he clearly knows but also it's not like adrian doesn't have a job right he's shown multiple times as a successful practitioner yeah they live in this expensive new york apartment yeah in manhattan Yeah, yeah yeah and she goes to his office which is clearly very nice and he's on the phone with people you know he's not a failing doctor he hasn't been you know removed from practicing 
you know, for malpractice or something like that. And like, he's struggling to get another job. Like, there's no suggestion that he gets anything out of this except for like, yeah, you know, making his mentor proud, you yeah. know, which I don't, I don't see that, that turn or like, does he hate Lucy so much that like. What they teed up was happening was that he was a clone of Dr. Right. Pindle and so were the nurses. And they were all keeping the secret society of clones safe. Right. But no, it's just that he's, Dr. Hindle is, you know, using his own semen and Adrian just wants to join his practice. So. Yeah. Like, what is he like blackmail him? Yeah. It? Like, but, like but, how does that work? But he doesn't blackmail because he wants to be a part of it. But if right. he wants to be a part of it, then why did they have to make a deal? Yeah. There, it, it, there, it, it, our our storyline makes more sense. <laughs> there's no there's no real motivation for Adrian to lie to his wife. Yeah, Th- yeah. I mean, unless he really just wanted boys. But why does Doctor Hindle want boys? Yeah, that's never explained either. But see, exactly. No, that's not explained. It makes more sense if they were clones. Yes. <laughs> or again, like if you want to be scientifically minded about this, if he wanted. to a control and to say, okay, worst case scenario, we end up with a girl fetus because if I'm not, and you know what? He's fucking stupid. If he's a fucking scientist, get another woman to like donate her eggs, buy her eggs, and then clone your your cloned sperm with this woman's cloned eggs. And then fucking, that's your control. You have the same fucking clone baby. Right. But, like, he's going to different women with different sperm and expecting that to... But, okay, so, like, again, back to the original idea where, like, okay, you you get a rando woman to come in, you inseminate her, and you end up with a girl. Then what do you... You just fucking kill it? Like, like what if Lucy had come in with only a girl baby? Right. Their end game should have been, okay, that's fine. It's a girl. This is another part of the clone family. And we can create this girl into a female scientist or like a rational thinker. Yeah. Where And then let's c- compare that to Rosemary's baby, where at the beginning, the woman Rosemary meets in the apartment complex is swiftly killed. And you're left to interpret that as either she knew she was a host for a baby and they killed her or she was pregnant carrying a girl mm-hmm. when the cultists clearly want a boy because that's in right. the scripture the antichrist is a boy right where so there's motivation for the cult to have a boy right in rosemary's baby there is no motivation for them in false positive to want a boy other than that's just their preference right which is like if they're not going to address that straight out or if you read into it and say like even if they were clones and they were keeping the clones to be female nurses which are consistently not appreciated in society like female nurses are just consistently like not appreciated and they dress them up as like 50s as candy stripers yes yeah yeah so it's like Okay, so you definitely, so, okay, let's, let's read into it. They want boys, but they don't explain why. So, you know, following that line of logic, they just don't think that women are going to be able to be, like, rational thinkers. So that's why they, but, like, we, we don't know that. They don't tell us that. And then it becomes this thing about questioning, like, the writers, like, 
did you mean to say that? Yeah, like, and it's it's not like lame. They, they leave it up for interpretation. They literally just don't explain it. As if they couldn't shoot more scenes because they ran out of money. Exactly. Yeah. The, the next thing <laughs> that we need to that we need to compare between Rosemary's Baby and this movie is that Rosemary has a big confrontation with the cult and basically screams her way into being the mother. Yeah. And the cult just has to accept that because at the end of the day, she literally is the mother. She is their version of uh, Mary, Mother right. Mother Mary. <laughs> but in this movie, they add a modern twist of that she fights back. And yeah. you're like, holy shit, this is great. But as we've discussed ad nauseum by this point, the filmmaking in the final 15 minutes <sighs> is very poor. And I, I don't think they got the choreography right because they intercut it with her like in the future exiting the office all bloodied yeah and they intercut so the whole fight is chopped up between her and dr hindle yes and and the nurse and the nurse oh which is just fucking comical yeah well so stupid yeah we'll get to that in a fucking deep throat (laughs) in a moment yeah hold on to that uh (laughs) this might be reading into it a little bit more but i think they were hiding the fact that the choreography just didn't look good yeah like it was just a poorly done sequence when every other sequence in the movie was technical perfection yeah so it's so awkward and she's like fighting he's like bloody and then the nurse fights back to defend dr hindle but then she puts uh what are those like lube things that you use for ultrasounds the the wands that you put on the stomach it kind of looks like a wand it's a it's for it's the device for transvaginal ultrasounds rather than just the top of gotcha, the stomach gotcha thing. so yeah. yeah it's a it's a big white wand um it looks kind of like a dildo which is and i and that's i'm only saying that because the movie makes it clear <laughs> that well, yeah it's, I, there's a weird sexual yeah ergonomically thing about I mean, it they, i mean i guess it makes sense but yeah they yeah the movie makes it clear so while fighting back against the nurse, Lucy... This put, is weird. She's it, like sitting on top of the nurse, and yeah. she just, like, shoves this... She shoves the wand into her mouth, and then it cuts, and then it cuts back, and then it's like, oh, the nurse is dead now? Yeah. Did she choke? She just is, like, lying flat on the floor with this transvaginal ultrasound wand sticking out of her, th- her mouth, mouth and throat. And you're like, okay, so she's dead. Right. And then she got, you know, Lucy goes back to hitting uh, Dr. Hindle. And then the nurse gets back up. Like, in the slowly, background. In the background. And that was a shot in the trailer that looks super creepy. But in the movie, it's comical. She gets back up, removes it from her mouth. It's like, okay, she's not dead. And then the this actress says this line. She's like. Yeah, she says, I've trained myself not to have a gag reflex. Oh, yeah, that's it's it. like It's like, are you fucking like for where does that come it, from it completely cuts all the tension so what is it a sex cult like is she having sex with the doctor like and why would she why? say this witty line in the middle of a fight yeah and lucy like even if she doesn't have a gag reflex like lucy like fucking like shoves it down her throat like i it's not about like deep throating 
It's just weird. It's it's <laughs> it's weird, and it's like a weird like it introduces this like weird sexual thing in there that like isn't really talked about in the movie. It's yeah, like, very poorly handled. And then yeah, so through bad filmmaking and editing, Lucy straps Doctor Hindle to a chair and drops the cabinet of semen semen it, like of course she's gonna do that why yeah obviously if you you just explained to her what that was yeah so obviously she's gonna destroy that and then yeah she walks away and that's the whole scene and you're like wow everything in that sequence was wrong yeah they, dr hindle didn't need to explain his master plan and the fight one of the worst fight scenes i've ever seen in yeah my, in my life y- you think that there's going to be another reveal with Adrian, as there was in Rosemary's Baby, that Guy admits in that film and book that he was a part of it all along. And then she banishes him. She's right. like, I don't want you here. Like, I'll take care of my baby, but fuck off. Like, yeah. I'm only in this situation because you're a piece of shit. And she yells at him and he scre- and he leaves. But in... And <laughs> false positive, it's kind of the same thing. But Rosemary in in Rosemary's Baby still loves her child because it's hers, despite it being the Antichrist. So you kind of have that dark but beautiful twist. Right. Whereas they kind of unintentionally make Lucy kind of a little unsympathetic. Well, you you feel for her because she really wanted the daughter and and they tricked her. And that's an an awful thing to go through. But then they have her fantasize about her throwing her twin boys out, out the window. Out of window, yeah. And it's like, it, it just feels a little a, a little mishandled because, you know, we can have the, the whole debate about abortions, which let's not get into right. that, right? Because that's a whole other bag of worms. But once the kids, the, the kids are there. Yeah. So once, you know, you you go through with it, then to have that conversation about like okay now should we terminate the kids yeah after they're born i think that's a completely different argument yeah and it's it is really dark because you know that she's going through some mental turmoil right but she does fantasize about throwing them out a window like and that's that's not abortion that's like yeah that's 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 infanticide right so yeah let's let's make this clear on the podcast we support a woman's choice right let's just make that absolutely clear yeah what the movie presents is infanticide yes (laughs) that's the word (laughs) just something completely different and even though we're on lucy's side we can't help but feel like Absolutely. It's not the baby's fault. Like they're here. (laughs) Like and what she ultimately does is she shoves the boys into Adrian's arms and is like, get out, you know, I'm I'm done. They could have just done that. I understand where she's coming from, where she's like, I didn't decide to be the mother of these boys. You decided to have these boys. So if you want these boys, you can raise them, but I don't want to be a part of that. You've already used me as a machine to have what you wanted. Right. I'm walking away. I I would sympathize with that. But like that whole dream sequence of her throwing him out the window is like to me that's a step too far. And I just don't understand like how that furthers her character or Yeah. Cuz we're already on about? her side. Like we already understand what she's Right. going through. I mean, in a deeper movie, in a in a script that worked harder on its themes, you can get away with something like that. You can have a discussion about that. But this clearly 
this movie is clearly more focused on just shock value and rushing to its ending. And maybe it's not the movie's fault. I mean, perhaps, like we've said, perhaps they just, this is an unfinished movie. I mean, it certainly feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to discuss between the similarities between the two films is the whole gaslighting. Yeah, I think that's where I wanted to wrap up too, yeah. Yeah. So Rosemary's Baby, they're gaslighting Rosemary to think that nothing is wrong. When something is clearly wrong, the Antichrist is like eating her body. body. (laughs) From within, yeah. And they gaslight her in order to get her off that line of thinking. Right. And and to get her to not reach out to another professional who's going to tell her like, yeah, yeah something's, something's wrong. wrong. <laughs> Whereas in false positive, what we thought was happening was they were gaslighting her to get her off the trail that this was a secret society of clones. Right. But the minute she has those kids, she's going to understand that, oh crap, they purposefully terminated the girl. Yeah. So do you know what the point of the gaslighting was? Other than making her... So they do the same thing in Rosemary's Baby where they blame everything on mommy brain. Yeah. To throw her off the trail. But the thing is, the trail is going to come back to her as soon as she has the kids. So what's the point of throwing her off the trail? Right. I mean possibly just to get like if she figured out she had the twins then maybe she would go abort them by herself they didn't want to lose the children so they're just right like yeah she could she had that choice where she could go yeah. arguably to another doctor and say like i was ar- i was artificially inseminated i was given this choice of selective reduction they and and you know what arguably interesting plot line yeah i mean you know because you have this woman who is pregnant with two babies that she arguably didn't want and you know interesting conversation i i had never heard of selective reduction before yeah and so it was it's that's a compelling conversation to have in a time where we can do in vitro or artificial insemination and it's very possible to end up with multiple children that you know you could get pregnant with five fetuses and that's just not safe so like compelling conversation Mm -hmm. at this point in time but i completely agree within this timeline what is she gonna do and that's my concern with the lack of controls that dr tyndall has baked into his scientific experiment because again, what if she said, okay, I did want children. I obviously now don't want them with Adrian, but now I have these two twins. I could just leave. Yeah. And I, or I could put them up for adoption. Yeah. Right? Like how, how is she going to react after she finds out she has these two twins? Like, right. I agree that I think outside of the whole, like, you know, gaslighting women who are pregnant is problematic mm-hmm. statement. I don't know how it furthers the plot. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. We are watching it being like, wow, this is a great way to show right. gaslighting. But again, th- there's nothing deeper than that. Right. They're just gaslighting her just to do that because they're evil. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's no sci-fi plot. There's no demon plot. It very much is 
taking the plot of Rosemary's Baby, cutting out the demon part of it, yeah. and just making the head person, the head doctor, just using his own semen. And and that's really it. That, and having that, a god complex, like, yeah, right. I guess that that's as deep as it gets, is that sometimes men have god complexes when women are getting pregnant, or, you know, doctors or husbands. I guess that's as... It, it's an important message, but there's just... It's so poorly told at the end. Yeah, and it's just a bummer that I really think they could have brought those ideas to light and re-examined them with the science that we have now, but it drops the ball and it it stops us from having those conversations because you're just like, it doesn't go anywhere right? further than what they present. And, you know, another thing that really bothered me that we haven't talked about and I really want to discuss is how, again, one-to-one comparison between Rosemary's Baby and the same story compelled into the 21st century is how Rosemary is gaslit by everyone around her who says, like, don't go to another doctor, don't talk to your friends, don't read any books about pregnancy. Because every right, yeah. every pregnancy is different, and you don't know about your body, but we know more. Yes. Like, trust your doctor, because they know more than you do about your body. And again, compelled into the 21st century... Pierce Brosnan's character, Dr. Hindle, tells her, no more Googling. Yes. Do not look outside of my medical expertise mm-hmm. because I know more than you do. Even if you're feeling off, come to me. Interesting way of modernizing the same idea. Yeah. And you think that there's something deeper in that being like Pierce Brosnan doesn't want her to do any Googling because he knows how clones work in other people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Only he can deliver the babies mm-hmm. because they're his. And there's a or specific... he's had right or he's had this happen before. Right. He has experience in this baby, this right. literally the same baby. But. It's just like, oh, she doesn't want anyone to tell her that there's boys inside her. Right. And it's like that plan could unravel. Sure, she's Googling, but at the end of the day, they really can't stop her from going to another physician. They, They do as much as they can to try to prevent her from doing that. But really, out of plot convenience, she just doesn't get a second opinion. Right. And the other thing, again, so what else does... The doctor and Rosemary's baby tell her is don't talk to your friends. Right. And in this one, she goes to a mommy and me group and starts talking to these people. And here's another place where they drop the plot ball. Yeah. Because she starts getting close to this one other woman who is pregnant. Played by Sophia Bush, who I've met in real life. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Just gregarious. So generous with her time. Nice. Yeah. So she plays this woman who I did not suspect throughout their their friendship until again very much like rosemary's baby lucy starts seeing this woman one-on-one for coffee and pastries whatever and starts saying like something's wrong you know i'm starting to feel paranoid i'm hearing things in the house which by the way is totally Never never explained why she's hearing these like noises of break-in which again you go back to rosemary's baby and it's because there's a portal between the two houses and they're like surveilling her health because they're interested in the baby's health and in here it's just like nothing she's just hearing noises so she starts talking and sharing these concerns with her friend and she finally brings up this whole thing about you know i i don't know if adrian is 
being truthful with me and he's getting really close to Dr. Hindle again. And, you know, and this this other mother gaslights her and says, like, you know, ah, it's just mommy brain. It's just mommy brain. All this stuff. It's said over and over and over. And then slowly you start to realize, like, oh, is she in on this? Like, is yeah. she helping this storyline along or is she just being kind of a shitty friend? <laughs> like, yeah. Telling her, like, don't worry about your gut instincts that something is wrong. And then in one of the last scenes, Lucy finds these pictures of her going to another physician who she thinks is actually listening to her issues. And it's clear, like, okay, there's, like, physical evidence that she's being followed. And she shows these pictures to her friend that she found in Adrian's safe. And she, her friend is like, can I take these and show these to my husband who's a lawyer? And, yeah. and you're like... Okay, she's in on it. Like, yeah. the, the, like period, full stop. She knows what's going on and she needs to get these this evidence away from Lucy. But then you find out that she just, she isn't part of the plot, the friend. She shows these pictures to Lucy's husband for no, no apparent reason other than the fact that she just wants health care from Dr. Hindle. And she yeah. kind of like blackmails her way in. And you're like, are you... Are you kidding me? Like this, that it's mother like turns. Yeah, it's a big leap. Yeah, it's like like can you like can you imagine not trusting someone so much like or like hating someone else so much where they come to you and they say like I think I'm being followed and I think my husband is lying to me about my pregnancy and this other person goes, "Oh my god, this is something I can use to get my own health care." <laughs> back on track like it's yeah what I mean, yeah healthcare in america is its own bag of worms but yeah that it's such a betrayal but that leap of like yeah that whereas turn. the betrayals in rosemary's baby make sense because rosemary has this whole plot that she tells her um other doctor about how she's being controlled by a cult and obviously to anyone that sounds crazy right which is why that doctor turns her into the cult and also because they didn't believe a female because it was the 60s right like, exactly right, yeah. but there's reason there, there's reason whereas in false positive she literally has proof yeah. that some nefarious conspiracy is going, is going on and then her friend takes that and uses that against her it, it's such a it, they don't set up that no. uh, betrayal it doesn't make sense other than that she wants to be in dr hindle's under care, his care right but again, she has proof, though. Like yeah, Lucy, like she, yeah. Lucy has proof that right. like some serious stuff is going on. Yeah. Whereas in Rosemary's Baby, it makes sense that she's betrayed because someone blabbing about a satanic cult. Obviously, they're not going to be taken seriously. Oh, and then as you mentioned, it's a female right. talking to a male. So yeah, that whole that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's handled so poorly we <laughs> we can't stress this enough how disappointed we are and if we've talked too much about clones in this episode we encourage you to watch that scene we're talking about where they literally tee up tell us we're wrong yeah tell us <laughs> tell us we're crazy gaslight us yeah <laughs> no seriously like they told us right there they set it up like rosemary's baby so well and yeah. it was such an interesting idea to, to drop the ball. And I know we should probably wrap up because we wanted to make this a little bit of a shorter episode, but I just wanted to make some direct links between this movie and Rosemary's Baby to prove that, like, this is very, very much informed. So the shots overhead of them sleeping in bed 
ripped directly from screenshots of Rosemary's Baby, right? Yep. Yeah. They give Lucy a smoothie when she shows up to the clinic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, that's a huge plot of Rosemary's Baby because yep. they give the, her the, is it Tannis? Yeah. Tannis root or whatever it is. Yeah. There are scenes with Lucy bleeding and, and blood running down her leg, which is Rosemary bleeds a lot mm-hmm. in the, the movie. Oh, I thought of one. In Rosemary's Baby, they give her um, a necklace. Oh, and that's kind of yes. a link to keep uh, the the Antichrist safe. Yes. Where in the movie, Justin Thoreau fastens a bracelet to her arm is kind of like handcuffs kind of way. Like he, he screws it in. Yeah. And you're like, something's up with that uh, bracelet. Nope. It's nope. Just, he and just you gives know what? In fact, it was really creepy when it happened. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's, that's actually like really creepy I, but then i forgot about it I, they, they so must have cut out the, the meaning of that explaining i that completely agree because it's not just a normal bracelet that you fasten like danny was saying he takes a screwdriver and fastens a screw that tightens it yeah, on what her we, what we both thought was that it was going to be like a mark that she's joining the clone family right or, or, or as a tracker yeah but oh tracker. Where, yeah but yes. like where what where did that come in like where, yeah. it, bring that back it, it was it was a scene yeah. like it was a thing yeah okay anyway um the dream sequences mm-hmm. where we know that rosemary's dream of being raped during an orgy by satan and the cult members is actually happening but she's gaslit to make her think that it was a dream and then in false positive while they're aborting the girl she wakes up and kind of overhears that conversation and then almost exactly like in rosemary's baby dr handel is like oh she's out she can't hear a thing like so she is gaslit and then she says that to adrian she's like i I thought i woke up during the surgery and heard you talking and he's like no 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 you're out like you're out cold like that's exactly what happens in rosemary's baby what i thought was going to be another overlap we've already talked about this was how she was hearing noises in the apartment Mm -hmm. i thought that dr hindle was going to have an apartment right next to them and had access to her while she was sleeping mm-hmm. or doing something else, that never comes back. Yep. Never comes back. Just, it's literally just nothing. Dropped. And those are some of the most creepy parts. Yeah, the cinematography in that, like, just, oh, there's God. a noise and Justin Thoreau go on the right side of the frame, disappears in the darkness to go check it out, whereas Lucy is illuminated on the left side of the frame. So well done. It's really creepy. And then he comes out of the darkness and you don't know when he's coming back and he's yeah. gone for like a minute and you're like, what the fuck? It's so creepy. It, it's beautiful as it is haunting yes uh, it should have had some meaning too it should have had some meaning there yeah. was nothing there um lucy has a bit of a breakdown and she's staring around kind of lost in new york city that happens in the very end when rosemary tries to get to another doctor and she's being chased which is also another compelling thing but in this movie she picks up lunch for her husband and then shows up to his office and he's like you just brought me lunch and like it's like that's not explained like (laughs) yeah well as we talked about there's no real reason to they're gaslighting her as much as they do but also the mechanics of like how did he get how did he get the lunch to gaslight her which is exactly the same lunch that she brought him like the mechanics of that just don't make sense right it requires her own coincidence and luck. exactly yeah right so that doesn't make sense and I think, I guess maybe the last one I had was just that Justin Thoreau sold her body and made a deal. 
and lies to pacify her, like, in the very end, after they have the babies, he kind of is lying to her while she's out on the table, and he's just telling her all these... There's a line, I'm trying to remember, there's a specific line where I was like, oh, that's directly from Rosemary's Baby, but I can't think of it right now. So anyway, that... And you know what? Another shot... I'm sorry to, like, kind of skip around, but another shot that was so beautiful... And there's actually a very similar moment in Handmaid's Tale, if you've ever watched that or read the book. But it's right before the selective reduction surgery. And Lucy's lying on the table, and you see her from the feet up. And Justin Thoreau's character is is standing over the top of her body, and it makes it look like he is having the baby. That was a beautiful shot. Yeah. And there's a similar, like, right before the rape scenes in Handmaid's Tale, they do the same sort of thing where it looks right. like one person is having sex with someone where, right. whereas someone else is actually, yep. yeah. So I just thought that was a beautiful. There are some really beautiful shots in this. Well, the best shot of the movie is a reference to Rosemary's Baby. It's when Lucy is having the second child, the second boy. She's in the clinic. And all the doctors, so Dr. Hindle, all the nurses, and Justin Thoreau, it's a shot of them looking, you know, at, at mm-hmm. the birth with her, um, Lucy's legs up. And the whole room is in pitch black darkness, and only their faces are illuminated, oh, kind of like popping out yeah. of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And then Hindle's hands seemingly come out of nowhere, like mm. out of the darkness. They, re- they have this glow to them. And that's that imagery is seen during the uh, dream sequence, real life rape yeah. sequence in Rosemary's Baby, yep. where the whole cult, they're in that dark room surrounded by Rosemary in a bed and only their faces are, are illuminated. Yep. Yeah, it's exact. It's a beautiful shot. It's in the trailer for False Positive. Uh, it's pretty incredible, but uh, too bad. It's followed by the ending, which we've talked ad nauseum about. I think it's clear yeah. we, <laughs> we don't like this movie. Yeah, it's the worst type of bad movie in that it's great until it's not. I want to give it a one star mm-hmm. rating. Can we can we rate the first three quarters of the movie the, the first separately qu- yeah. from the last quarter? The first three quarters of the movie, no question, four to four. Yeah. But the ending is a zero. So if yeah. you I mean, <laughs> average those together, it's but three is too high. Like oh no, three yeah, is like, way too high. I would go. I would go a star and a half yeah. for this movie out of four. One star maybe seems a little bit too harsh. I know we've been Because totally, there's so much good in it. Yeah, there's so much good, but the best parts come from us thinking about a <laughs> yeah. potential cloning plot that's not actually there. So, True, yeah. A star and a half for this movie. Please skip it. Read Rosemary's Baby and watch uh, the movie yeah. if you haven't. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, one of my favorite books that I've read for yeah. this podcast. I love Love, love, love that book. Can't say enough about it. Stinks that uh, this movie exists. And love Alana Glazer. Love Justin Theroux. Love Pierce Brosnan. Just couldn't pull it all together. Just couldn't, couldn't do it. Stick the landing. Yeah. I'm going to align my stars with yours in this podcast and also in life. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. You know what? Actually, as a little tag, I, I realized after... We recorded the, the Rosemary's Baby episode that I talked a lot about how Roman Polanski made Mia Farrow look really young. Mm-hmm. And I understand how that furthers the plot. But then after we recorded, I looked him up and I realized that he was like a child rapist. So oh, yeah. well, I actually felt yeah. like really weird about going on and on about how that was a smart move. And then I was also like, oh, that was also like really gross because he was like 
probably got off on her looking like that. Well, it, yeah, I know. It, <laughs> Sorry, I like I, I I keep thinking about that, and this is like my time to come clean about how awful I feel about right. not realizing that during I, the episode. I mean, yeah, as important as it is to separate the art from the artist, that link is uh, really a little gross. A little, a little gross and unfortunate. It yeah. tarnishes Rosemary's baby's legacy. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway. Yeah. There. That's. There's that. And. Uh, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Well, thank you for tuning in to this total slander mint. Is that a word? Slanderment? <laughs> a total no. takedown of a movie that could have been great, but mm-hmm. sadly wasn't. Love seeing my boy Justin and my boy Pierce um, yeah. up on the screen. I, w- I want um, Alana Glazer to be in more projects for sure she's yeah. great hilarious yeah uh, i love everything she's been in except for this yeah so yeah thanks for listening and please rate and review subscribe if you haven't already we love all you thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one